What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Post to Post podcast. This week's episode 11. My name's Chris Ronan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Matt Small. How you doing, guys? Uh, what's going on, dude? Good week? Good week. Good week. Busy week with a bunch of NHL games. Yeah, right. A lot going on. Uh, one thing that we haven't even touched on yet is the Super Bowl. It's this weekend, and by the time we talk about this, we'll have already missed it, but... Yeah. What do you think? You're gonna watch it this Sunday or no? Probably not. No, you're not into it. Not into. Do you know who's in the game? Guy. No idea. No, actually, no. I just found out. Uh, Kyle told me yesterday or the night before. Uh, it was Tampa and with Brady and I don't even know the other team. Yeah, the Chiefs. So you you don't even care. I don't really care. Well, I have I have Tampa Bay beating them, but that's just me. <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, pretty pretty fun stuff. I mean, it's tough that we. Drop the ball there, but it's all good. Yeah, um, we did get one viewer request this week to talk about the Detroit Red Wings right behind me here. This was rough. Uh, he's a Detroit Red Wing fan, and he wanted us to discuss it. But, the, man, when I was doing this, there's no there's no positives coming from this. This is all negatives. I, 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 like... There's just so much to break down with, like, the Red Wings organization itself and what's going on. And, like, I didn't know how to say it, so I'm just going to, like, read verbatim everything, like, I I found out. So, here we go. Everyone's ready for a story time now. So, Detroit needs an entire overhaul, and I'm not sure where to start. Goaltending is a big issue, and for this team, so are a lot of other things. Bobby Ryan, Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi, and Anthony Manta are the only players on the team producing goals, Bertuzzi being five and the others four. Bobby Ryan being one of the scorers also is the team's worst enemy with 17 penalties, sorry, 17, 17 penalty in minutes. Dylan Larkin right there with them with 11. Now, whether or not these penalties from both of them are from pushing their hardest every time they're on the ice or their weak penalties, it's costing their team. Being two of the best on the team... They need to stay out of the box. And you would think so, right? You would think two of the top plays, you, why are they in the box? Like, yeah, so not- I mean, I know for a fact that Larkin isn't throwing hands out there. Like, Bobby Ryan might be. Might. But even that would probably be five minutes of it. And, yeah, it's it's all play penalties, for I would think. For some reason, I was so shocked seeing Bobby Ryan with all those penalty minutes. And I'm like, why is he in the box? Well, so wait, much? how do you get an odd number of penalty minutes? You said they have 11 and 17. It has to be a fight each. has to be. Might, might be a fight. Might, I don't know. Could be. Because it's only two or four, right? Right. right. So, so uh, they must know. have both fought once. I'm telling you, but they're in the box, though, which is no bueno. Uh, for goaltending, I don't know if Jimmy Howard discussed his retirement with the team before. I'm assuming he did. But if not, the team was clearly not ready for his departure. Both Grice and Bernier are league backups being played as starters. Bernier with the only two wins the team has this season out of 11 games is evidence enough to say that, you know, these two are not starting goalies. These two are just backup goalies playing as starters. Grice has a 3.46 GAA with eight games played versus Bernier's 3.54 GAA with four games played is the reason why Grice is the starter. And that that's rough. That's... That's I mean, goals. even looking at those numbers, the only reason I think Grice is the starter is because he's been a better goalie. Those numbers are, like, almost identical. Right. You know what I mean? Right. After uh, after reading all this, uh, I, I told I told my girlfriend, too, I'm like, they need a complete overhaul. Like, they, they need to find a time to do it. 
And what I found out after after this is, especially after this season, is this is a time more than any time for Detroit Red Wings to revamp, rehaul anything. Because after the season, there is a lot of restricted free agents and unre- unrestricted free agents. For the restricted free agents, you have Adam Herne, Adam Erne is a forward, Taro Hirose, uh, Christian Jews, Jews, yeah, Jews, yep, Jews, uh, Philip Pronek, and Tyler Batuzzi. For an unrestricted free agent, you got Darren Helm, uh, Valtteri Fipula, Luke Glendening, Bobby Ryan, Sam Gagne, Mark Stahl, Patrick Nemeth, John Merrill, Alex Bega, uh, Jonathan Bernier, and Calvin Pickett. So a lot. A lot of unrestricted free agents. Uh, two I noticed too is uh, like big names like Bobby Ryan, Tyler Batuzzi. Those are up there, and you got Bernier and Calvin Pickett, both goalies that are up as uh, unrestricted free agents. Um, what what do they do? I, I, like they're just like they're in a rough spot. Like my my question is like if there was any good time to reset and go through a rebuilding phase after the season. Like I said, it, it's it's this, and but how many of these top guys are willing to stay for a losing team? With well, Burton, sometimes it's not really up to the player. You know what I mean? We talk a lot about like, oh, maybe he'll walk, maybe he'll do this. Most of the time, it's kind of just if I can get signed here, I'm going to get signed here signed. and stick around. You know? Right. I mean, we we are seeing more and more players getting pissed off with like Patrick Liney, which we'll get into later, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Pierre Luc Dubois or like a Taylor Hall and a Jack Eichel. You know what I mean? Right. Um. Again, with Bernier and Pickard being UFA uh, next season, does Detroit make the push to keep them, or are they going to save money, rely on Grice, and try to push and send for better defensemen and forwards? So it'll be an interesting offseason to see what they do, because that's a lot of UFAs and RFAs. Like, yeah, it, it really is, and it's going to be a 50-50 mix. They're going to have to pick and choose who they're keeping and who they're letting walk. I think, honestly, they should take Calvin Picard and let him come up and let Bernier walk, keep Grice as your as your starter, and, and groom Picard. Bernier's out right now day-to-day. I'm not really sure what that's about. Tyler Bertuzzi's out as well, so he's one of your, your main pieces. So it, It's just... I mean, there's no, po- <laughs> there's no positives with this. The more I looked into it, the more... You know, I was like, man, they, they, need, they need something to go on. What was that... Um, what was that stat that you found out? Uh, besides Bernier's wins, it was 400. Yeah, games. yeah. So it's uh, Detroit has had 464 days since any goalie other than Bernier has won a game for them. Isn't that like that's, that's so brutal. depressing? That's October 19th of last year. That's brutal. It's insane. Um, I was gonna scratch talking about it, but I'll talk about it real quick. The this this uh, this week they played against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is number one. They're number one in the division. Uh, you know, obviously in the worst, and you get to really see uh, how much they're lacking uh, team-wise in that game. Like there were so many plays that they just did not, you know, play. They didn't play like professional NHLers. They yeah, played like I mean, there, there was NHL like a top barely guys. There was like a top comment on their on their fan page, and it was like this team's basically an AHL team. Like, and it, it's kind of sad because it is, you know. Right. So as much as I, you know. Wanted to say, I mean, I don't really want to say anything positive, but for uh, if there was anything positive to say, uh, I guess the only thing positive to say is that, you know, all the free agents and stuff, um, you know, uh, the management for the Detroit Red Wings has a lot of work to do, and hopefully this off this 
yeah, this postseason, uh, they really start to get their um, cranks and gear here and just get things going because uh, they do need a complete overhaul. And you know, hopefully they do. Hopefully they do get better throughout the years. Like that's what you want. You don't want to see a team like this at all, especially if you're in Detroit and you're a big fan. You don't want to see this, but. You know, it helps the. I think the biggest problem is Detroit for so long has been like these veteran player guys. Like, uh, I think I looked up earlier today, like their youngest kid is 22, but other than that, I think everyone else is 30 years plus. Yeah. Like that's Jimmy an old Howard team. retired at 36 years old. Their goalies are like 32, 34 years of age. I'm like, they, they got to stop pushing for these younger guys. And, and, and I don't know. You know, some teams push for like certain players. I think that might. I think that needs to change, and, and I and think that needs to come. Being like the original six franchise that they are, and, and the wagon that they were back in the day, I think they went like twenty-five seasons in a row without missing playoffs. You'd think that their farm program would be pumping out better talent than this. I mean, this season they played eleven games. They're two seven and two, and they've they they're on a seven-game losing streak right now. Their goal differential is nineteen goals against down. They're negative nineteen. It's, it's it's just it's, they're getting smoked. It's just bad. I mean, it's going to be at least three or four four years until we see an average Red Wings team that can even think about looking at the playoffs. Yeah, and that's just detrimental to their youth right. and their their culture in the locker room. You know. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. Exactly. And it's going to be like a push, like a. Uh, it's going to be one of those like midseason pushes to just get the points to get into the uh, playoffs. I, I don't know. It, it's. Again, it's going to be a uh, interesting off season to see what they do. I think I'm going to be more interested to see what they do now after uh, after finding out all about this. But um, uh, a uh, coworker and um, a teammate of mine, Dave Blanchard, I'm going to quote him because he found something positive uh, throughout all this. <laughs> I'm going to quote him here: "Their owners, their owner owns Little Caesars Pizza. Little Caesars was hot and ready pizza for five ninety eight. So there's that and." I, I'm with him on that. That's some positive shit right there. That's that's something. That's, that's something. great. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan of that one. I mean, it's got to be some positive. Yeah. How do you yeah. say no to pizza? Pizza's good. I don't know, man. But yeah, that's that's what I got. I mean, there's no. I don't know. Nothing really much to say. Really I, much I did. To say. I did want to get into. Uh, Rasmussen's hit on uh, Mackenzie Weger mm-hmm. in the uh, Detroit and Florida game the other day. Just a, right. a bold-faced, dangerous hit. The guy knew what he was doing. Weger did something the game before. Um, I didn't really look into what it was, but he, he's just coming in hot in the neutral zone. Weger's trying to chip the puck into the offensive zone and just lines him up with his back to him, numbers to him, knows what he's doing, and throws him into the board's head first. Like... These hits have to stop, man. Like that's not getting even. That's not getting square. That no. nothing that that guy did justifies doing that in no. my eyes. You know, not at all. I, I know we talked about uh, last week, and I think the week before too, of how uh, now we're seeing since these teams have been playing each other for so long that we're now seeing uh, you know just hate and between yeah. different teams. Yeah, that's that's one of those things. And this yeah. is one of those things where like, is it going too far? Like, you know, you love a you love a rivalry, but when it gets to this it gets you know it's dirty and it's something you don't want to see and honestly there's the the bad part about having these back-to-backs is if you screw up one game it's not like you're you're waiting a week to play the same team again you're you're paying for what you did last time the next night or two nights away you know right 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 so um just rough man just like after you said that you got me thinking of like uh like the savard hit remember that huge concussion yeah was it matt cook it was matt cook he did that to a ton of guys too yeah and it's gotten um 
I'd say better. Like, it doesn't happen as much as it used to. No, they'd have to push it. So that offside rule really helped out a lot, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, it's something you don't want to see, and hopefully we don't see more of it because, I don't know, like, you don't want to see it in beer league. But also in beer league, guys aren't this big and going at that speed. Yeah. Whereas in the NHL, man, like, just a little slip up will, I don't know, ruin you. But, um, I mean, in beer league even, like, everybody's got to go to work tomorrow, like. You know, you, you don't want to see it there either. Yeah. Um, so, I guess on a brighter note, not from us, especially since we're in a Bruins shirt. Um, so, I think Carey Price and uh, Jake, uh, sorry, Jake Allen here, you finally had that 1A, 1B tandem that we were talking about. Yeah, they're looking really good. I remember in the beginning of this whole thing where uh, we didn't think Montreal would be this good as they are. They're second in their division right now, yeah, right next I to think, Toronto. I think we both might have put them outside of the playoffs or in that fourth spot, you know? And damn, are we wrong? Yeah, they are uh, second in their division right now behind only Toronto, and mm-hmm. it's only by one point, you know? It's, it's unreal. Jake Allen is 3-1 and one with a 2.02 GAA, .930 save percentage. Okay, Price is 4-0-2 with a 2.77 GAA, .903 save percentage. So, I mean, both are looking fantastic. Uh, this is a crazy resurgence for Jake Allen too. He's crazy. really reviving his career. Yeah, I feel like I didn't hear much about him last season. No, and he he came from a starter in uh, St. Louis, right? Mm-hmm. Came from a starter in St. Louis to now kind of backing up throughout. Uh, I think two different teams now, right? Yeah, and uh, I think he's finally found his spot with. Uh, he's been with Montreal for two seasons right now. I feel like this is. I feel like I looked this up. It's either this season or the season before he he was on here. But I think he finally found his spot here. And I think uh, Price is happy to have a decent backup. Exactly. Now too. I think that's what helps too with goalies too. Um, like uh, like who's the backup for Freddie Anderson right now in Toronto? That's um, Cal Peterson. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, shit. Um, we well, looked that up. Uh, uh, sorry, I. I should have had this. I could visualize them too. But we're gonna talk about like good goalies, man. Like you need, you need that backup where you can have that night off, where you can like you know rest. This, the, I know this season's different, but this eighty-two games in a season, man. Like you need that break. And when you have a when you have a backup goaltender that you know is just as good or almost as good as you, man. Just like that, you know, you're confident with that you're gonna be on that bench and not have to like come out in like the second or third period because your team's getting smoked. Like, I think that really helps out, like, a goalie tandem, as we're talking about right now. And I think we're seeing it with both uh, Carey Price and Jake Allen. Yeah, Anderson's being backed up by Jack Campbell right now, right? Jack Campbell. That's right. Sorry to put you through that. No, that's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, with this, uh, you want to talk about Toffoli owning the, yeah, owning the Canucks? Oh, my God, man. He is just lighting them up. He He's just toying with them every night. He's had highlight reel goals just every time that they play, and the Montreal Canadiens are just rolling over the Canucks. Um, I kind of expected the Canucks to be better out of the gate. Yeah, for sure. Um, they probably have some growing pains. I don't think Holpe's look, looked as sharp as he should, and I don't think Demko's looked as sharp as he should. They both have had highlight nights, highlight saves, right. but as a whole, the team just isn't getting the job done. No. Uh, and, uh, again, going back to a few episodes, uh, we talked about Holpe uh, and uh, Nate Schmidt coming in, so it's just – it's just the team trying to get used to each other, coming from different teams, you know, playing a different way. Yeah. Uh, so, th- a- again, this is just interesting and shit to see. Like, we had 
for how long to Montreal? At, at least the past few seasons, we we're just like, yeah, we don't think Mo- like we don't think Montreal's that good enough to like push. But yeah, uh, totally different now. They've been kind of like stuck in the past. They're kind of like the New York Yankees, where like we have all these championships, we'll flex about it forever. But what have you done for me lately? Kind of thing. You yeah, know? exactly. Uh, while we're in the North Division too, my God, McDavid and Drysaddle just in their in a league of their own on the Oilers. Unreal. They're like I think it was six and seven points of head of the next top players in the league for for points scored it's it's insane man it's they're not great like the team's not great they're no. six and six <laughs> you know that's not special but the two of them man it's, it it's insane it, and their goal differential is dash one so they're they're scoring just as many as they are getting scored on so they're they're in that run and gun offense lacking defensively you know right i mean you're gonna you're gonna hear their name throughout the league for a while, especially this season. I mean, I, I feel like every time I'm looking at highlights, like you hear Drysaddle, you hear McDavid. Mm-hmm. Some of the we're just walking watching a, McDa- a McDavid goal where he just kind of like just glided in and just scored. Yeah, he he's he's got these. It's it's almost like a cheat code the way his skates work. Like, yeah. <laughs> he just can build momentum from nowhere. He's in the low right corner and just standing still, and then all of a sudden he starts to back skate and cuts to the middle, and he's just already cruising. It's nuts, man. He just creates offensive opportunities. I've uh, I've seen that a few times, but I still remember the one time where remember three on three and hang him. I don't even know if you were there that night, but there was one night where one one of the teams that we were playing against brought in this dude. He uh, he broke his back. He was a prospect for the New York Islanders. And yeah, he came yeah. in, and uh, I know it's a small rink, but man, it was like he could wa- fly. Watching dude. him was unbelievable. He had like a sixth gear. It was like one push off, and like he was like down and back, like the rink. and he not a beat of sweat on him. You no, know? no, it, it was just it was just so easy. It's so, insane the the gap the skill gap that it, there it's is. It's unbelievable, and you can definitely see it from like the AHL NHL perspective. Like th- this AHL, like you're professional, but like the NHL gap is just like no, no, no. You're a professional, professional mm-hmm. to be in here. Um, speaking about goalies, uh, I do want to get into the more into the tandems here, and uh, not so much of a good one with the Penguins here. The the Smith and Jari tandem. Uh, watching them. Especially this season and the past few se- uh, past few seasons, I-, I see like a like a seesaw type of thing where, you know, two years ago, DeSmith forced Jari down to the barn, and then last year Jari forced DeSmith down, but then for some reason this year so far Jari is having one of the worst starts, and DeSmith is coming up big. Uh, what does that say about the goalie situation in Pittsburgh? Like, uh, what do you think they can do to fix this problem? Uh, I think it's it's just streaky play. Like Pittsburgh as a team right now is not looking very good. Um, they don't have anything great in front of them outside of Crosby and uh, right. Mount Malkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, they're okay, but it's just it's just streaky goaltending. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. They're five four and one on the season, so I mean average. Right. Just you nothing got, special. I mean, you got Tristan Jari with a two three and one record. Uh, three point nine two GAA, which is you know not good, and a point eight five nine uh, save percentage. Uh, Casey Smith is kind of hanging on with a three and one with a two point eight five GAA and point eight eight two uh, save percentage. So, I mean, Smith's hanging on. Uh, Jari is. <laughs> How bad? I... So I do. We're gonna get back. We're gonna get into Matt Murray. After this, but I feel like every time we talk about the Penguins and the goalie stuff, I always think about Matt Murray because I'm like, now are we seeing why Matt Murray's gone and maybe 
you know, Penguins are just kind of in a rough spot goalie-wise. I think the Penguins just sold high on Matt Murray, don't you think? Yeah. Because, I mean, they, they're not wrong. We're going to get into Murray, and he's been awful. So yeah. they, they made the right move getting rid of him. But these guys aren't ready to fill the, the holes. The I mean, sorry, step into the shoes that Flurry and Murray have left to be filled, you know? Yeah. They're just not there yet. Um, one thing I did want to – I did want to break down. So uh, we learned um, that – uh, these breakdowns, especially for the viewers for uh, Apple and Spotify, uh, especially when you break it down and try explaining it, it doesn't really sound like you said. Like you can't really like visualize it from. Yeah, even me and you, I was saying I went back and listened to some of our episodes, and like me and you are talking about plays. I know exactly what play we're talking about, but I'm like, I'll look at it from an outside perspective and try to try to picture what we're saying, and it's just very difficult. You can't really keep up with it, you right, know. So right. I think it might be something that we start to make more of like an Instagram or like a YouTube, YouTube profile, profile for, for, you know. But I did want to do this uh, this week because I wanted to talk about short goalies, and DeSmith is one of them. Um, so there's these two games actually back-to-back, and um, uh, there was this play that DeSmith had that really uh, caught my attention here. So the Penguins versus the Rangers on uh, February 1st, uh, DeSmith, it was a 504 power play, and uh, if you watch DeSmith, he's a, he's a six foot goalie, but uh, he doesn't play like for a six foot goalie in the NHL. Like it's still small, man. Like six four, six five is where the like six two is like average. It's now. Just, I mean, it's just average. Yeah, yeah six two is average. Exactly, and. Like, in that, if you're that small, like, we're going to talk about uh, Juicy Saros, too, who's 5'11". Both of them small goalies. Uh, we, they're on the 5-on-4 power play, um, and DeSmith is, like, I would say, like, mid-crease, almost low, almost, like, uh, deep in the crease. And Chris Kreider is just kind of sitting there, like, right in front of him. Pull up the video, too. Um, yeah, I'll pull up the video for you. Um, so... Uh, Oh boy. Sorry. Um, yeah, so, you know, in this video, um, oh boy, messed that one up. Um, yeah, so in, in this video, um, oh my god, I screwed this up so bad. Uh, DeSmith is just very low, and he, he can't do that. He's too small of a goalie. Chris Cry is just sitting there right in front of him at the top of the crease. And there's no pu- uh, when you watch them. There's no push at all to get Kreider out of the way. There's no push to just get like on top of the crease and just try to take away that angle from the shot. Now, when the shot finally comes from the front, uh, he's low. I mean, we see it right here, and he even backs up. So he's like he's pretty much on like the line, the goal line, and uh, the whole like glove side, top, and like left side are just wide open. He's not that big of a goalie. He's he's not big and he's not making himself look big. And uh, yeah, you're going to see it right here where he takes a shot and he comes down and like just, you know, he's low too. So what like when he goes down, he's just, he's slumped over. And okay, so looking at this picture too, like right now, Kreider is in front of the crease. He's not in the goalie crease, so DeSmith has no right to move him. If no. DeSmith comes out and like touches him, like that's on DeSmith, and now right. he has no argument if it's goaltender interference. So but you got to get up there. You got to get. You don't there. need you to. That's your defenseman's job. But you also shouldn't be. In, look at look at look at the size of DeSmith right now. Look how much like he's not covering anything. He's not trying to. Yeah, he's looking around him for a screen right now. That's not. I, I for me, especially since I'm his height, I put my glove on Kreider's back to make him to make 
sure to make him sure that I'm right there. I'm right behind him. You know, he knows where you are. There's no need to touch him. You know, I, I I'd be the, the defense. It's the defenseman's job to move that body. I, I'd be right on top of him. I'd be right on top of him. And then when you see that shot, he even goes back. It, you know, I can't. It, you can't do that. Um, and then the next game, which I do want to uh, talk about with Saros too, is the pred is the Predators vs Lightning game uh, on February first. It was the same night. Uh, Saros at um. Uh, sorry, Saros at one point. This is like right in the beginning of the game. This is block a save that he had, and he came out right into who's nineteen right here for Tampa Bay. Uh, Goudreau, I think. Uh, no, for Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's it's not spelled like Johnny Goudreau. It's Good Row. Oh, Good It's Ro. pronounced the same way though. Right. So you can see him right here. He's right on top of him. Is this is exactly what I was talking to you about about uh, uh, Casey to Smith being on top of Chris Kreider, like. Saros is 5'11", even smaller than uh, Casey DeSmith, and he's out there. He's, you know, he's breaking it down. He's cutting the angle. You know, he's making himself look bigger than what he actually is. And then when the shot comes, block a save right there to the side. Uh, Saros accidentally, I would say accidentally, um, had the same problem that DeSmith did that night too, where later in the game, uh, it was Stamkos that was coming around the face-off dot. And took the shot, but if you pay attention to Saros, he's uh, he's still down low. His right pad is you know past the post, and uh, he didn't cut away that angle. And Stamkos just went block. So so one. this one that we're talking about, I I didn't disagree with you on the um, Kreider one. Mm-hmm. I just think so. I do agree. DeSmith should have been out further, just like Saros was, and he makes that save. Mm-hmm. But Kreider being there, it's not the goalie's responsibility. His defenseman needs to be aware and take care of that there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But if there's no <clears throat> if there's no defenseman, I, I feel like it's still you, you still gotta let him know you're there. You still gotta at least push. Here's the uh here's the Stamkos goal right here. So the Stamkos goal, the reason that this one goes, Stamkos comes in, he's a main threat. They're also on the power play, I believe. Yep. Right. And He's the main threat. The defenseman's in front of the net where he should be. There's an opportunity to the bottom left for Stamkos to pass this puck. And I think what happens here, this is Saros, I think he cheated to cover that pass, but Stamkos shot it to the other side. Uh, Saros was also looking at a a potential tip, and I think that's Goudreau again out front of the net. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think he he cheated the play, and that's what opened up that low-glove goal that Stamkos gets here. Right. But, uh... Yeah, again, this is just what I want to talk about, especially for short goalies. Is uh, you, you know th- these guys make the uh, make these mistakes too. Uh, Saros being one of them, um, and you know Saros being a big one. I don't see Saros going anywhere. Like that's that's how great of a yeah, goal he is, I agree. especially for his size. Uh, I know a lot of teams are just like you know if you're not six four or taller, you're not getting in the league. But Saros is really making made his claim to stay on the National Predators, and I, I don't see him going anywhere. Whereas Case of the Smith, I think, is a different story. He might, you know, depending on what the Penguins do, it can be sent down. But I just want to break it down for short goalies, especially uh, goalies out there playing in the beer leagues and stuff. Man, you gotta like, you gotta make yourself look big. Like, I mean, even for a big goaltender, you have to come out and cut down the angle. That's just how it works. Right. If, you're, if you're sunk back in your net, like, right, it's not you're not gonna make the save. There's a lot more opportunities and holes for a shooter to see. If you come out and shut that angle off, they can't really see where to shoot. Right. And I know it's 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 changed so much throughout the years. Cause do you remember uh, Henrik Lundqvist he used to just kind of sit like right at the goal line? Do you remember that at all? Yeah, yeah. Just used to be deep all the time. That and was like the cheat code in like NHL 12 too. Yeah, just kind of yeah. Sit you there. sit on the goal line and just 
I hope it hits you. Exactly. And the game's changed so much now. We, you even see Lund- Lundquist doesn't do that anymore. He's out, you know, challenging. You know, he's, he's got some of the strongest skates in the league too. He's he's so strong with his footwork. It's uh, it's just, it's. I mean, I don't know. Just something I wanted to break down. I'm glad I saw your opinion on that. But uh, wh- personally, from when I was looking at both, I was just like, would you? I I can't see Vasilevsky. Even if he did uh, like what you said over there, uh, over commit with um, with Saros there, I think Vasilevsky is still big enough where he would make that save potentially. I mean, the the way Stamko shot it was perfect. Mm-hmm. He fakes like it's going to go down to that player that's down low, and then the opportunity for that low player to even tip it is available because there's no defenseman. And then just the placement of the shot too. It's above the pad, but it's below the glove. So, I mean, Gumby would probably make that save. Yeah, but yeah, you know, but um. I don't know, just something I want to talk about. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm a huge fan of these breakdowns. I love doing them. Yeah, but I, I think we should look into doing them on like you know like the video platforms. Video, yeah. yeah, video platforms. Because uh, after he said that to me, I was just like, oh no, that makes sense. And uh, I, you know, it's rough again for listeners. And I, I, I think I was picking up on that as I was trying to break this down too. I was trying to do a good, better job at it. But uh, you did. I, I thought this was really smooth. Yeah, tonight's breakdown. But uh, I don't know. We got to. Uh, We'll, we'll switch it up and again uh, and I mean maybe I'm getting confused because I'm listening at 1.5 times speed too maybe uh, <laughs> I gotta slow it down a bit <laughs> but uh, for all the listeners out there who don't know uh, I've been extremely active on Facebook as of late so uh, it might be between Facebook and YouTube that I'm, or Instagram I've been on Instagram too so uh, I might be able to do these breakdowns on there I think it'd be a lot easier and better for people too because yeah you know I think like our best option like, this is just me thinking out loud right now. Might be like the Instagram stories or the Instagram live or the Facebook stories or the Facebook live, you know, because I think we can honestly get away with using like the NHL footage and because it's only there for 24 hours and it's gone. It's not right. something that we save, exactly. but it's something we could do like frequently, you know? So let me, that's definitely going to be something that I, I, I want to do because yeah. I've been, I really like, I really enjoy doing this. Uh, I hope the viewers enjoy me doing this because I like doing it. Um, did you ever want to do one? I don't think we've ever had a breakdown with you yet. No, I, I want to find... we got to do the research for it. I, I, I want to find the tools for it, too, where I can draw on the video. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. want to do something like that. Okay, all right. Um, all right, let's 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 move on to something uh, pretty much even worse, and that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a Sens versus Oilers game that happened uh, January 31st. If you don't know, uh, that's that 8-5 I don't even know if you want to call it a blowout. It's just a goalie's nightmare right there. Um, Stewart, uh, which is who we talked about. Stewart Skinner, right? Stewart Skinner, yep. Uh, who we talked about in the beginning of all this. Uh, kind of a, I won't say a no name, but kind of a name no one's ever heard of. Uh, we talked about for Edmonton. Uh, this is his first game, first win in the NHL, and what a crazy one that was. Um, Matt Murray, I feel like <laughs> it's not a breakdown. But I, I want to kind of – I know Matt Murray's had a rough year. I know we've kind of shitted on him. But I do want to, you know, help Matt Murray out, especially in this game, because I feel like after this game, I saw a lot of negative shit with Matt Murray. We're just like, he got pulled, you know, he shit, this and that. But we – he uh, three goals were let in through him. On nine shots. On nine shots, and he got pulled. Uh, the first two shots were just weird – they're just weird bounces that he couldn't do anything about. The first one was a crazy tip that he had to, like, jump and try to get his body on, and, and you know, it didn't go through. Uh, sorry, it went through him. 
Um, the second one was, um, oh, I'm a drawing a blank here. Do you remember that one no. at all? Uh, I think it was a, um, it, you know, it was just a rough, uh, it, it was, oh no, that's right. It was the one timer across on the five on four power play, but I can't remember who scored that goal. Uh, but there was just nothing he could do. You know, no one was there to cover him and, you know, he scored the goal. Uh, and then the third one is, uh, what you said that, you know, he could have done something about, but you know, <laughs> It's I was saying quant uh, sorry uh, quality over quantity where it's like those uh, the quality of those shots or the weird shots that went in I mean you see three goals on nine shots what I see is three crazy goals that you know I feel like a bunch of goaltenders would have a, like hard time with yeah but at the end of the day nobody asks how they ask how many you yeah. know and that's just how it is he doesn't have a good team in front of him and that's why these opportunities are happening right. yeah they're bad bounces yeah they're not on him but. At the end of the day, like it sounds weird, but you got to make almost like a better effort as an entire team. They're two eight and one, like it's just awful. They have so many growing pains to go through. You know, it's it's it is what it is, and just Matt Murray has looked terrible. I I did see something they were trying to drum up some positive to talk about and he was working with a goalie coach to like recraft his game basically mm-hmm. because he knew that it was slipping in Pittsburgh so oh, wow. it's it's kind of it's kind of good to see so i think that's like if he knows that he's coming into a team that's basically a nightmare it's yeah. going to be growing pains right. why not tweak my game and work on right. work on something that i think i could do differently right. you know? i haven't seen any post game interviews with him though i, I wonder what that's probably something I should look into, but because uh, I wonder what his mindset is with it, or he's been very, you know, I feel like when a, especially an NHL goal that goes through something like this, like a rough time, he's kind of quiet for a bit, and I think that's the um, that's something to give or take because uh, a goalie being quiet, he's either working on his game like we said Matt Murray is, or just like being like, oh, this is just I'll get over it, and I, I feel like most of those goalies that say, oh, I'm gonna get over it, all of a sudden they're they're in the barn, or you never see him in the NHL again. Yeah, and I think uh, the goaltending position as a whole, it's just riding the hot hand and, and working with who's working right now and, and moving away from what's not in order to, you know, right. stay hot, stay relevant, and make playoffs. Especially in a season like this where there's only 56 games and we're already between like 9 and 14 games into the season. Like, right. some of these teams are going to start to be, be looking at it from the outside like we can't even make playoffs now, you know? Right. So if this doesn't work, if his... If him retraining himself, and that doesn't work, and he's still bad, he's got a no, uh, he's got a no trade clause on his uh, contract. This year is his one year out of four on his contract with the Sens for six point twenty five mil. Uh, again, if if you know if we don't see anything positive coming from him, like you know anytime soon within like I don't know, I, I'll say I'll let him go for like this like the rest of the season, the rest of the season, but. Saying next season is just back to what it was this season. How long before you see Ottawa just like, all right, man? Like, well, I think that they paid him because they want him to be their guy. Mm-hmm. The only reason that I would ever see them move from him would be if someone comes in that's so hot that they they make him start over Murray. But even then, they're not moving from him. And I think that that's one not going to happen. And two, mm-hmm. again, just the growing pains. They're going to stick with Murray. They're going to make him their guy. And He's going to suck for four, four years with the Senators as a whole, you know? It just is what it is. The, the team's got to grow. It's it's so it's so uh, kind of frustrating to see. But it's, actually, a, it's a very similar situation to Detroit, don't you think? Yeah. 
goalie kit goalie tandem wise yeah they're just gonna they're just gonna have to ride ride them and keep them and just take it to the house you know right right never think about that but i was just thinking about as we're talking i was just thinking about matt murray and uh what you were talking about about uh bennington where uh yeah you know these goalies come in and they just like flash in the pan. shit and then all of a sudden it just you know goes to shit we haven't really heard anything from uh columbus blue jackets elvis merzlikens how's he been i mean they're second in their division, which is kind of nuts, 5-4-3. and three. Like, right. that's not a crazy good record. But this is the weird division where three of the teams have only played eight games and the other ones have played 12, you know? Right. It's uh, weird. Like, Tampa's in first in this division. They've only played eight games. Uh, they're tied for first with the Blue Jackets, who have played 12. So Tampa has the same number of points with four games in hand, you know? And we're seeing a bunch of uh, games being postponed, too. So yeah. that's going to start affecting things, too. Yeah, things are gonna things are going to look different, you know? So... Um, I don't know. I, I, I was like, cause I'm also a Penguins fan too. And like, I was a big fan of Matt Murray, man. Like, uh, I loved him winning the cup with the pens, man. Just such a great goalie. And then again, I don't know what happened to him. So it, it's kind of sad to see, but I, I do hope he back, uh, bounces back and, you know, becomes the goalie that he once was. But, um, I don't know. I feel like we should move on cause, uh, Peter Morozek, uh, got out injured. Uh, and then we see James Reimer come in. Now, James Reimer for the past, uh, I'd say, a few seasons has been okay at best. Mm-hmm. But he came in on fire. Um, what do you think this is going to be? We got El- uh, Alex Nadelkovich. Got that right. Nice. Nailed it. So uh, James Reimer and Alex Nadelkovich. I think go. this team's going to look a lot like now in the goaltending department, a lot like Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Sonov and Vanacek are actually both very hot right now. Right. But – I think that they're going to need that from Reimer and Nadelkovich to step up and take the workload that Morazic was doing and really perform, you know? Right. Uh, Reimer has been absolutely hot. We, we were watching um, the shootout with him and Kane, man. Like, the absolute. Oh, man. Yeah, we all know what Patrick Kane can do in a shootout. It's nuts. The, the guy made at least, what do you think, 12 different stick handle moves yep. going forehand, backhand, trying to get him to bite. And Reimer's just like, nope. He held, yep. He, held. He, he almost bit on one, and then that Got forced right Kane to go the up. other way, and yep. he knew it. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, That says a lot about a goalie, too, when you're like, your patience is there, especially against Kane, and especially against, uh, like, you know, how you've been for the past two seasons. Where I feel like last season or the season before, Kane would just rip it right by him. But yeah. for some reason now, he's just he's back to being hot, and that patience, man, that's... Yeah. Came in handy. That was huge. That was that was huge of him. One mm-hmm. thing that is interesting um, about Morazic going out injured, I was thinking about this when it happened. Reimer gets pulled into the game cold. This is just the rule. This is how hockey works. If your starting goaltender gets injured, <laughs> he gets uh, obviously taken out, and then the backup goes in, and he doesn't get any warm-up at all. Now, in baseball, the slowest sport in the world, the pitchers get like, I don't know, 10 pitches to warm themselves up. They've right. been in the bullpen. They're ready to go. They're getting ready. Like, right. Why doesn't the NHL make something where, like, in the case of an injury, it's a little different, but maybe, like, something like a bullpen, like a shooting shooting galley, right. where the backup goalie is like, all right, this is looking bad for Murray. He's let in 2-1-7. Mm-hmm. If he lets one more in before 10 shots, right. you're going in Hogberg. Mm-hmm. So maybe Hogberg's down, like, a little shooting shooting range where he's taking shots, he's warming up, you know, stretching. Uh, I, I don't get I wish I wish they did do that. I don't, I don't see why they did. Uh, it's... It's one. It's bad enough going in cold, since the only shots you took were from warm-ups, which is I don't know. Probably at- and you're you're not starting that night, so your warm-up isn't the same as the starter. He's getting no, like no, warmed no. up, warmed no. up. You know. Yep. So your thoughts? <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> 
your thoughts or opinions on the game too is like you're just sitting on the bench. So yeah, I'm chilling. <laughs> you're chilling. I'm working the door tonight. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm not. Li- I'm. You're like, I'm not breaking a sweat tonight. I'm yeah. just, you know, hanging out. So like, you see the you see the backup goalies in like uh, uh, during warm ups too to, to take a few shots and just kind of just kind of glide away yep. and just sk- skate around. So and you've also seen them get uh, hurt coming in for someone who has just gotten hurt before right. too, right. which is why they have the emergency backup goalie situation now. And like, we've seen it a few times in the past few mm-hmm. years. And that's why I think like getting these guys warmed up, even just like, hey, give them 30 seconds, a minute commercial break to stretch more, give the players some pucks to come in, cycle a bit, and right. give them a good warm-up. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's no harm. There's no reason not to do it, in my eyes. I mean, that's coming from a goalie's perspective. But Yeah, no, no, y- y- you are right. And you you do want to see it. I feel like the other team wouldn't want to see it because yeah, God want no. to light them But up. if it happened to them, they'd want it. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like a mutually beneficial thing. So I, I don't see why, I don't see why it can't happen and shouldn't happen. Yeah. I wonder what the rule is for that. Now, now we're talking about that. it's literally just you're in. That's it. And that's, that's it. The rule. Give it like a quick stretch, <laughs> and the ref comes around. And be like, hey, yeah, yep. you good? You got like thirty seconds to stretch. Oh, it's wild. So weird. I feel like that should change. That'll be an interesting. Uh, right. That'll be interesting if if. What? Yeah, like thirty seconds. That's it, man. I think uh, I think the games would be so much different back then. I think you'll see give give just like a give the goalie like just thirty seconds to just warm up with a few pucks. I think like you might see games where all of a sudden like the goalie either gets pulled right, so he comes in cold, or the starting goalie for some reason gets hurt and he comes in cold. Like they're down like six three or something like that, and that's why he gets pulled or whatever. Yeah. If you just give that guy just the goalie just to warm up just a little bit, man, you might you might see games like come back around where just like all of a sudden their team comes back and wins like seven to six or something like that. Yeah. Yep. But I don't know. Uh, good thing to talk about, but you know, I, I don't think. I don't know if they'll change anything. Anyway. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, speaking about goalies, uh, more goalies. The Flames vs. Jets on uh, February 1st. Hellebuck lets in this goal from the uh, other blue line. So, <coughs> sorry, my, um, my throat here. <coughs> uh, uh, pretty much like past the center ice, too. Uh, so, my question is would it have gone in if you challenged that puck? So, uh, Hellebuck was pretty deep in that net when it came, like it bounced in. So, I kind of did um, some research. All these went in, and I talked about, uh, and I put in if they challenged it or not. So Sebastian Garon challenged it, Dubnik challenged, Matt Murray challenged, Talbot challenged, Crawford challenged, uh, Lundqvist was deep, Jake Allen was deep, Brodeur was deep, Corey Schneider challenged, and Vesa Toskala challenged. So whether challenged or deep, these weird goals so go the, in. So the one thing that, like, I, this information seems kind of, like, void without seeing the saves that were made on weird bounces from, like, crazy angles. You know what I mean? Yeah, Because yeah. if, if these 10 all went in and there's one dude that made the save because of something, you know what I mean? Obviously, right. there's more. But if there's, like, I don't know, 20 guys that made the save the challenge yeah. and only three guys that were deep made, like, made it, you know? It's just, like, we need, like, to dig deeper, but we don't have that information available, you know? Just, uh, well, I want to bring this up for, especially your opinion, because I've seen, well, I... I wouldn't say from like a regular ice though, but we've seen shots come from like center ice for like especially three on threes. Now, how do you, how do you play that? You come out right. So yeah, if that puck's bouncing and it's like, it kind of depends where the puck is going to bounce. Cause like, I kind of read it. Like if it's bouncing like five feet in front of my crease, I'm coming to the top of the crease. I'm meeting the puck right before it bounces, so I'm ready for it. If it's bouncing like, I don't know, above the hash marks in mm-hmm. our zone, 
I'll I'll still be like top of the crease, but I'm not challenging it. I'm back a little more so that I can read that second bounce. You right. know what I mean? Right. Because you have to like kind of time the bounce because that's really what's going to throw it off. But this guy, Hellebuck, just looked completely unprepared. Just didn't know what he was doing. Just, I almost just, <laughs> he did. just think he didn't expect it. Was it was so honestly. deep, and I, I didn't see like a curve or anything. It just kind of it just, did kind of take one little bounce, one but bounce not enough that nothing crazy was justifiable. You know, so it's just it's one of those bounces. I so it is one of those bounces that, that does happen in any league, especially in the NHL. You see it. I mean, I just talked about Brodeur letting one in. So, uh, but I wonder, I wonder if we could find a way. Or if like it's difficult to like practice that. Like, why would you practice it? One, you shouldn't. But you should. Waste of time. You should but, practice something that would boost your game. You know. But there, I feel like there has to be like a better way to, you know. I think it's. I, I think honestly, it's practicing deflections and tips in front of the net because yeah. that's the same thing. But the bounce is coming off of a player, and they happen more frequently. So if you're able to read and play a tip in front or a deflection, mm-hmm. how do they tell you to play that? They tell you to get out and challenge it, get as close to the tip as you can, right. which is what I say that I do. I get out and I get. I uh, <laughs> I get as close to the bounce as I can because that's where the tip is in this situation. Yeah, you know. Um. Yeah, I. I I don't know. I, I saw it, man, and I'm just like, there's got to be something. But yeah, you're right. When I hate you, to see when it. Talk about it. You hate to see it, but it happens. Um, so we'll move on from that. Um, we got to talk about uh, the retro jerseys from um, the Kings game. Uh, so you had the Ducks versus Kings on February 2nd. Uh, I had. So I, before I talked about Cal uh, Peterson. Nice. Who um, I, I didn't like. I, I, I don't. Dislike, I don't fucking hate, you know, it, but, you know, he's not the goalie to, you know, I think he can rely on. He's you know like, where the Kings are right now, he is like a Kings goalie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're not in a good spot, and Peter, Peterson's not, you know, crazy good. No. I but, put him with, like, the Bernier and the Reimer, like, backup area. What do you think? Not even that better. good? No, no, no. He's I, better I'd than them? Better okay. Than them. Yeah. But, like, not that much better you know yeah, okay <laughs> but okay. he d- he did look really good uh even though it was a three to one loss uh he did look really good in that game uh one thing i noticed too uh i feel like like big games like that I, I wouldn't say big but like retro games i feel like retro jersey like i don't know in my eyes i'm like who gives a hoot yeah and i think I, that's I how know. the players see it too yeah. like I bet Quick wants to show off his gear, but I'm sure they'll wear it again this season. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's not like he's going to, at the end of the season, be like, what the hell? Peterson got to play both retro nights, and I didn't. Right. Can't give a shit about that. But um, His pads look sick, though, didn't they? Oh, God. They're nice. Both of them, man. Like, that was so sick. And I I didn't like the Kings retro jerseys until I saw them wearing it on the ice. Like, everybody looked nice in them, I think, personally. Like, that was nice. It was a sharp look. Um, Sorry. Um, I, I do wonder, since... Peterson's been playing a lot. I feel like uh, a bunch of the highlights that I've seen, Peterson's been in. And it made me question, like, if, I wonder if L.A. wants to push Peterson to mature and get more games in. Because uh, before this season, he's only had 19 starts in two seasons, while last season he was down with the Ontario Reign in the AHL. Uh, quick having five starts with a 2-1 record and a 3.54 GAA, and Peterson with four starts and a 1-3 record with a 2.29 GAA. Um, is this, uh, is this, could this be a LA thing where they're thinking ahead? It was like, you know, let's give this guy some time, maybe mature a bit and, uh, 
uh, uh, just see where it goes because they they do. I feel like the Kings do want that one um, A one B tandem that we just talked about with Jake Allen and Carey Price. Uh, I don't know if they're gonna get it with Peterson, but uh, you never know. Uh, what's your take on it? I mean, this is the only way to make it happen. You have to get Peterson up there and give him the starts and give him the experience, you know. And I mean, obviously the Kings don't look crazy good, but no. they're doing all right this season. Never mind, they're three, four, and two. <laughs> Thought they were doing better, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I kind of expected them to be where the Ducks are, four, five, and two. And the Kings are three, four, and two. Like I expected to see them in in different situations here, different swaps. But Gibson's looked really hot lately too, right? Gibson's looked, yeah. Gibson's always looked good. He's uh, I feel like not as good as last season though. But uh, I mean, we're still early. You we're know, still early. Um, moving on from that, I guess the last thing that I want to talk about. We got more to talk about though too. Is uh. <laughs> Patrick Laine came out with the uh, in the Columbus Blue Jackets practice, and he looked fucking miserable. I mean, uh, I don't think he's a very happy looking guy to begin with, but <laughs> he's he's, uh, he's got a, he's a weird looking dude to begin with yeah, too. But he yeah. looked fucking he looked miserable. Um, and so he's been with the Jets since he entered the league back in 2016. And uh, with that knowledge, man, I feel like with this trade, I feel like you would be miserable because I mean. It's kind of like you came into the family, you're you're settled in with the Winnipeg Jets, and now all like you're a great player, you're like a known player for that team, and all of a sudden you're getting traded to the Columbus. Dude, Columbus. I think at the end of the day, <clears throat> he he made his own bed. Now he has to lie in it because him and Dubois both wanted out of their situations. They wanted to go to bigger markets, better teams, mm-hmm. and both organizations were like, no, you can't control me. Like yeah. you're not going to tell me what I'm going to do with you. You can have fun in Columbus now. Yeah. Um, but I think Line is going to make the best of it here. He's going to light it up, and it just it is what it is. I mean, it, it does suck. He is leaving a family. He'd been there for five years yeah. or four and a half. But mm-hmm. I mean, I saw a wicked good meme though. It said, uh, "Patrick Line is requesting a trade out of Columbus now that he saw the retro jerseys that they had." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, I did have one more thing I wanted to talk to you about the uh, the D'Angelo situation in. Uh, in New York at the Rangers. Uh, Tony D'Angelo placed on waivers after getting into a disagreement with Georgiev and shoving him. Did you read into this at all? or? Um, I, I ran into it a little bit. Um, you, you brought it up, but I didn't really... Yeah, so I, I did that. some deep diving. Uh, I watched a, a long, long interview with the coach, uh, the GM, and maybe the owner uh for new york and um they were just super open about it they were like 11 minutes ask whatever questions you want we'll answer them if we want to we won't if we don't want to um and some of them were just like they were trying to dig deep into the situation and figure out specifics and they were like we're not going to get into that like it happened you know what you know what happened what happened that has been reported is accurate right we're not talking about anything else Mm -hmm. like situation wise and they did mention that he has had situations like this in the past in the minors. I believe there were like racial slurs used when he was in the minors yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like yep. he's done a lot of like shit basically and just hasn't learned. Right. And the coach and GM both sat him down and said, if you have one more screw up, if your name's on anything in the league, like you're done. Did, we're putting yeah. you on waivers. Right. And then he did this and it happened. Like, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you got to go by their word and be like, you know, exactly. That was what he said too. He's like, I got to stick by my word. So, yep. I respect it a lot. I don't really respect that D'Angelo can't learn from this, from yeah. the multiple it, times. Like, I'm all for second, third chances, but now figure do, it out. Does he have a lot of teams looking at him? I don't think like a crazy number. 
And this is almost similar to like the Mike Hoffman thing where he almost didn't make the, any team. He didn't make any roster team straight out of the gate. He had to go to a PTO with St. Louis and try out and then ended up making the team. Yeah. But I, I could see the same kind of like black mark being put on him. Like who's going to want that kind of stuff in the locker room, you know? It goes down. It like you could be one of the greatest players, man. But like, if you have like uh, um, sort of like a um, bad reputation, if you have a bad reputation like that, man, and like it, it follows you. Yeah. Like it yep. doesn't matter how good you are, man. Like management's gonna see that team. Like other team members gonna see that. Like I don't want to. You're a public them. figure, man. Like, yeah. Yep. Think about we, this. We could find someone just as good as you. And I mean, honestly, like I don't think that the Georgiev thing was necessarily a huge thing. Like, no. if it was just any other player that did that, it'd be like, all right, w- it happened, we're over it. But I this was, was just kind of the sorry. straw that broke the camel's back, I think. Yeah, I heard it was someone else, too, on the team, too, that he was giving shit to. And, uh... I think someone else stepped in, like, once he shoved Georgiev and it turned into something. You know? Oh, really? Yeah, something like that. It's unfortunate to see. Um, it, sometimes you see it, um, but not in this sense. I think... Uh, I, I like that the Rangers were so open about it and, like, willing to talk to the media. Yeah, Some really. teams, like, make their press release and just, there you go, have a nice day. And, the, and the, just that's it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we got anything else going on? Uh, last thing I had, very tough news for the NWHL. I was really looking forward to uh, their season. I was watching their games, following the uh, Boston Pride. Love their logo, their, their makeup. Um, but... They are uh, canceling the season now. They had one team had to drop out. All right, so I should probably start from the beginning. They did a two-week tournament bubble for their whole season rather than just the playoffs like the NHL did. So it's two weeks. I think there's six teams in the league. Everybody plays each other once, and then there's, like, the top four make playoffs, and then we'll, you know, get get our cup given out, which is the Isabel Cup. Um, so basically a week in, one of the teams had two cases of covid so that team, eventually, they were quarantined, and they were like, well, the league ends in seven days. You have to quarantine for seven to ten days, so we're just going to have you drop out. And then another team was, uh, like, two or three days later, was like, they got it. And not from that team, necessarily. They yeah. just got it, too. Right. And they were forced to drop, too. And then at that point, the entire league was just like, we can't do it. I think whatever, I think they were in, uh, what's the, uh, Lake Placid up in New yeah, York. Yeah, and I yeah. think... Not the CDC, but like their health organization yeah. shut them down. It was like, you know, this is this isn't working, guys. You got to go home. <laughs> it's difficult in a uh, a small league, especially small league. Like the NHL is able to do this because of how much money they have mm-hmm. and how much they could put into all the resources. Whereas the, as the W, uh, sorry, NWHL, you know, they, I wouldn't say they're hurting for money, but they don't have the money to make it as. Yeah. You know, perfect. I would say they're still hurting for money. Like the average salary there is twenty thousand dollars. I think I talked about it one week too. Uh, that one of the players is like teaching her online class for of like third graders from the bubble. Oh god! So like they're working full time jobs while they do this. Wow! You know, it's it's oh. crazy. It sucks to see, but there's no fan base yet. They're trying to grow the game and develop it, and now it gets shut down because of COVID. You know, yeah, kind of sucks. It's yeah, it's it's. I, I don't know. I, it's it's rough for everyone, man. I'm glad to see the NHL, you know, doing what they're able to, but I, I think this is a look into other leagues that are, like, small. I think AHL is going through almost uh, a similar thing where, you know, teams are, like, uh, backing out. Uh, who's – um. There were four teams that didn't even play the season. Are you saying teams are backing out now too? Uh, no, I'm just I'm talking about that okay. like this season. Okay. Yeah, that, like, I didn't know if there was something going. new that I missed. Uh, I know they're AHL and like have money, but like you know, 
it's not as it's not like as crazy where I just like oh you can put these guys in like their own hotel and just you know test them every day and this like it's not so I mean when of this when does this all like get back to normal like I, I know the vaccines out and everything but like wh- what are we looking at for like normal man I know in Boston we were talking about March. Who's saying March or whatever will have people back in the garden to like watch? But like, who who even knows then? So, it, it's it's rough to know that we're so close to the finish line, but like also not like knowing when everything will be back to normal. It, it, and that's that's the frustrating part with all this, and especially seeing, especially hearing about this too. We're just like, oh, we're so close to being back to normal, and then now we get the NWHL, just be like, we can't, we gotta. You know, we're going to suspend the rest of the season, so. Right, right. I don't know. I don't know what to add from there, but uh, it's rough. Um, what do we got going on this week for you? You got work? You got. Uh, yeah, this week, just uh, just working, man. Just the usual. I mean, yeah. Super Bowl Sunday. I'll be I'll be actually working, so I won't, I won't even watch. Yeah. I might listen if I want to, but I'm not crazy interested, invested in it. If you want to talk about it next week, I'll watch it. Yeah, might as well, right? Yeah. I'll watch we'll it. We'll talk about it a little bit. Watch it. Tom Brady. It's it's Super definitely Bowl. a cool storyline. Like, Brady leaves New England, goes to Tampa. Um, <laughs> we talked about how they have no weapons. They have plenty of weapons, clearly. <laughs> They're in the Super Bowl. Brady makes it work. And, and I mean, you're seeing the the old regime in Tom Brady, and you're seeing, like, the next generation in Patrick Mahomes, who's right. the quarterback for the Chiefs. Uh-huh. Uh, he's, like, the next best quarterback. He was in it, I think, a couple times now for the, for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, we're in Discord, and uh, you were saying uh, how Boston was just like this uh, leg end with all like all the sports. Yeah, but I think we're seeing Florida. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the the Tampa Bay Rays. I think they won their conference. I don't think they won all of uh, the what do they call it? The World Series World in baseball. Series. The Miami Heat's looking really strong. Tampa uh, Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning is obviously really strong. Just won a cup, and Florida's the Buccaneers are going to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. Right. Right, Buccaneers going to the Super Bowl. Uh, Florida Panthers, uh, I didn't look at them. I think they're up there, though. I think they're like third or fourth in the division, though. So okay. they're getting good. So. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely growing, getting better. But it's it was more like the dynasty aspect look of it is what I was looking at, you yeah, know? Right. Um, but, like, you see, you see, obviously, Chicago had their time right. with the Cubs won- winning a World Series right around when the Blackhawks got theirs. Mm-hmm. You saw, in the uh, Not the Bulls. The Bulls didn't do well then. <laughs> um, but then you have obviously Boston has been crazy for like 15 years. I feel like at least, mm-hmm. and then um, L.A. was good with the Dodgers, and right. uh, the Lakers are good now. Yep. yep, you know it's it's kind of cool to see, and it's like it's almost like when one team or, or when two teams go, the other teams like all right, we got to we got to pull our weight too. Like the Celtics got one when Boston was on their thing, you know. Right. So yeah. All right. Um, want to call it a night here? Yeah, want to rip a shot, buddy? Let's rip, let's do a little ripper. Uh, I got the Jack Daggies honey, uh, Tennessee honey. Again. Why, why do you say Jack Daggies? Is that a uh, Australian thing? Oh, we talked about this last week. Did um, we? I the didn't dudes listen. From uh, I, I believe you. Just <laughs> of course, uh, I listened, buddy. Yeah. Then what was it? Yeah, that's right. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dudes from uh, Epic Meal Time. Ah, oh, that's right. That's right. I remember yeah, that. Drink the Jack Daniels, and they always call it Jack Daggies. And ever since, it just got stuck. I have uh, smeared off lime, so I got a water to chase with. Pussy. Disgusting, dude. I don't want to drink this. <laughs> I didn't want to drink that margarita you made, dude. That when, when the guy at Burke made that margarita, it was like 
the best margarita I've ever had in my life. I hate tequila, and it was delicious. <laughs> I finished. I finished it. It wasn't as good as his, but when I was done, it was it was good. I I come over here, and he's making like this. He's like, I'm cutting up limes and shit, and we're making the tequila. Uh, whatever the hell, margarita. I'm not a tequila fan at all. Like me and tequila don't mix. And uh, he, I was the guinea pig. He's like, yeah, try it. And like, all, you were, you all, were. All it was was like a little pour in a glass, and like it just smelt so It did. Raw. It didn't smell good, but it was bad. I mean, you smell everything before you drink it, like a weirdo. Yeah, you gotta know what. I don't know. I like to do it. And they go, ugh. ugh. <laughs> like was, expect, like it was supposed anyway. to smell good. <laughs> all right, bud. Cheers. Cheers to episode eleven. Episode eleven in the books. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Smirnoff's not good vodka, but the lime is very strong. Oh, I don't like that. Why did I like it like two episodes ago? I was like, yeah, it's good. This yeah, and I hated it. And you were like, oh, that was good. I don't know. I don't know, man. <clears throat> so before we send off, send anyone off, um, I had to get on. Uh, I didn't say had to. I guess I had to. Uh, to really get this thing going and promote, and to get back on social media. For anyone who doesn't know me, I, I pretty much like deleted all my social media and got away from it. So I had to like re back on. Um, I'm very active on Facebook. We have it in the Linktree app. Uh, uh, Linktree. Um, you have your Facebook on yeah. there now. I know you yep. have like Matt's yep. Twitter and yep. our Twitter. Yep, it's on there. You have yours now. Yep. Okay, we'll we'll put mine up there too. I have. I okay. have my own Twitter and my own uh, Facebook. Okay, so we'll add those two. Uh, <laughs> add me on Facebook. Uh, I do a lot on there. It, it's just it's a lot easier for me to get on there, and I have a bunch of like work friends and everything too. So uh, this week has been real fun posting stuff. Yeah, you've been very active. It's cool. Very active on there. Uh, you almost you almost seem like you like it. Uh, I like talking about hockey and actually getting feedback. Yeah. Because on on Twitter. Feel like everyone talks about Twitter, but then like I'm on Twitter and like there's nobody like responding to you me. You gotta at build all a following. That's what it is. I mean, it, with anything, so like you know, it. you have friends that you've added on Facebook. Yeah. Like maybe go find those friends on Twitter, on Twitter. and see if they like some of them respond there, kind of thing. You know. Right. But that's all it is. It's it's building an audience. Right. So I'll I guess uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll work on Twitter in a second and everything going on there. But I'm I'm still I'm way more active on uh, Facebook. So definitely add me on Facebook. Uh, I think that's where I'm gonna start doing the breakdowns. Uh, as long as you know YouTube doesn't shut me down. With yeah, that. we'll see. We'll see. We we gotta look into it and figure it out. I'm I'm really looking forward to that though. Right. I'm excited for it. So uh, follow me on there. It's the link tree's been upgraded, uh, updated. So I'll get Chris's uh, Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter on there. I thought I had your Twitter on there. I guess not. So anyway, I'll be updated for you guys. Um, so just click <coughs> the link in the description uh, for the Apple and Spotify listeners. Again, uh, there's no, I can't click anything, but I have the URL on there. If you could just copy the URL and uh, put it in um, uh, in the search bar, and uh, everything for us is on there. Um, Want to take it off? Yeah, man. Good luck to uh, Detroit the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. If there's anything you want to see us cover next episode, let us know. Our links are in the description below, and we'll see you all next week. I hope you enjoy our thumbnail. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>